Amen. Kids, thank you so much. Give them a hand if you would. And if you're a parent or a grandparent or a cousin or a friend and you get to see them later on today or even this week, maybe tomorrow, uh, thank them for leading us in worship. That's what we want to be able to do is to thank them for leading us in worship. Uh, you never know. Some of these guys may be right here with Nathan one day leading us every single week. And so they get to be a part of that, and that's what we want to make sure that we teach them. And they did a remarkable job. Um, we're going to wait for this awkward transition because I didn't know we'd have this many kids up here. Uh, and we get to, I get to do this again right after you leave with a lot, more, a, a lot of other kids. How cool is that, right? Uh, and we get that opportunity. And so later, tomorrow, I tell you what, Christmas Eve service tonight, I'll tell you which group did better. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but we do have that opportunity for you guys tonight, and several of you have asked, the 4 o'clock and the 5.30 service, those are different services than what we're doing this morning, and so we do invite you to come and to be a part of it. Awesome. I'd like to go ahead and invite you to open up the Word of God this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, a very popular passage. In fact, it's, it's a passage that is most well known for the prophecy that it tells uh, it's this classic prophecy uh, of foretelling of Christ Messiah, Emmanuel, being given to the world. And we have to be able to explore that and examine that and look at that this morning as we are really embracing the idea. If you're here at church today, hopefully it's not because someone drug you. It's because you wanted to come and to recognize the beauty of what was happening when God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to this world also, right here in the 21st century, our circumstances are very similar to what was happening 700 years before the time of Christ. That's roughly when this was written, about 700 years. So 2,700 years ago, this is being written. And the situation is, is very similar because Isaiah really is writing to a remnant of believers because so much hardship had taken place. So he's writing to a group who had been suffering, who had hardship and difficulty in their life. And so here he is, and he's painting this beautiful picture. Because just as it was then, even today now, the darkness is present. Right? Recently I'm listening to uh, the radio station, uh, 91.3. I think I got that right. It just turns on. Uh, 91.3, and they're talking about this seminar that they're having. Um, because as technology has increased, the depression and the anxiety in people's lives, especially for young people, has increased. Right? I mean, there's a darkness that's happening. Because we don't know how to look at a screen. We don't know how to interact with people the same way. And yet the result has been greater depression, greater anxiety, greater worry, greater stress. We have more kids on anxiety meds than ever before in history by far. And often instead of trying to cope with the real issues of what we have in life about anything, we look to other things. We don't really address the problem that is in front of us. And the darkness is here. There, there's a self-centeredness in our culture today. We're struggling with sexual, sexual identity and lust and porn more than ever before. And yet nobody's taking responsibility for that, really. Nobody's saying, you know what, maybe it's what I'm finding fulfillment in. Maybe that's the problem. 
right? It's, it's what we always speak here at Chapel Point. If you find fulfill, fulfillment in the temporary, you know what will be temporary? Your fulfillment. And so you have to examine and go, wait, where am I finding that fulfillment? And they're struggling here too because they're looking in the wrong places. They're trying to find fulfillment in the wrong places. They're trying to find hope and love and joy and peace in all the wrong places because of the idols that they have. But even in, in Psalm 65, excuse me, Psalm 65 or, or 96, 5, I'm sorry. Psalm 96, 5 says this, for all the gods of the nations are idols. Now, what, what's so interesting about that for me is that in, if when you look at the original language here, what we find in Psalm 96.5 is this. It says that all the gods of the nations are not idols, but in the original language it says demons. All the gods of the nations are demons. We're struggling with this today. They were struggling with it then. We're struggling with it today. And in, a, in the world today, we're struggling with so many different issues. And what's amazing to me is that 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, here comes Isaiah with this amazing prophecy, and he's letting this remnant of believers of the faithful know, you know what? And he's giving them encouragement. He's giving them hope. There's a king coming. I mean, that's what he's there trying to make sure that he's communicating. There's a king coming. 700 years before Christ. It's one of the things I've recognized. If you can study any religion you want to, you can look at any belief system that you want to. It's the word of God that has remained steady and true and never changing. And so 700 years before Christ came, here's Isaiah, and he's speaking words about this king that was going to be coming. In Isaiah chapter 9, this poem to celebrate the birth of a new crown prince, he starts to lay out different characteristics and different attributes of who this king was going to be. Now, what I want to do is Isaiah chapter 9, and I want to read verse 6 for you, the very beginning, because it says this, it says, for to us a child is what? For to us a son is given. Uh, this already I think is important for us to recognize, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A child is born, I think that's significant because that's speaking to his humanity. It's speaking about his humanity. We need to know that God sent his son, one of the Trinity, to come and to represent himself, to be amongst us, to be a part of us in human form. And it does say that, a, that he is born, but then it says a son is given. That's equally as important. Because when we look at this passage in Isaiah chapter 9, knowing that he was given he was given by God. That speaks to his deity. He's both human and he's both divine. He's both of them. He was not only a man, he was also God. He was, he was the divine in human form. He had to be man to bear man's sin, but he had to be God to defeat sin and to defeat death. He was both. And even 700 years before his birth, Isaiah is foretelling of who he is going to be and what he's going to do as both God and also as man. 
So that's what we start to understand as this picture is painting. That's why it's so important for us, and it even calls it out in a portion of this, uh, talking about how he's Emmanuel, God with us. He could only be with us in human form, but to take the divine nature as well, to conquer our sin, to conquer our death, that's the power of a king. And that's what he did for us. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for you. And so we're able to look at this. And we're going to look at these, these characteristics. And I want to invite some friends to come forward right now. And they're going to join me to help us understand some of the characteristics, some of the attributes of who Christ, Messiah, King, really is. And so we, we have that opportunity this morning. Um, and these are my friends, Sarah and Victor and Lee and Trent. Can you say good morning to them? Um, and uh, I, I always worry about when I say, I'm going to have some friends come join me. I'm always nervous, like, people I'm not ready to come forward are going to come forward. Um, so thank you for not doing that for all you guys. Um, we know the passage well. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 is this amazing text. And I'm going to go ahead and give this to Victor to speak in just a moment. But here's what it tells us in this passage. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I just want to stop and we want to camp there this morning. Because these are things that we have called out so frequently in our own lives that sometimes we forget the significance of them. We forget how powerful they really are. It says, wonderful counselor. We know that his birth was wonderful. His life was wonderful. His teaching was wonderful. His miracles were wonderful. Wouldn't you like to have a, a wonderful counselor, counselor who knew everything? Well, you know what? You do. His name is Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of whether or not you choose to receive his answers or if you want to get them somewhere else. He knows all about who you are. He knows your heart. He knows knows your needs, he knows your desires, he knows what's best for you even when you disagree with what he knows to be truth. That's who he is. He's always available and he has the best counsel and advice that you could ever receive that will never alter and never change. And so it's one of the characteristics and attributes is that we know him to be a wonderful counselor. And so I'm going to, Victor if you would come and join me friend. Um, I want to ask them all the same question about a different characteristic or different attribute that we find here. Um, Victor Osipsov here, and how have you discovered Christ as your king, as being a wonderful counselor? How, how have you done that in your own life? What, what has that meant to you? Yeah, the, you already mentioned that Bible says through prophet Isaiah that Jesus would come to be our wonderful counselor. And uh, this is what who is still today. And what I found in my life many times that um, that um, Jesus just talks to me when I truly seek His His will in my life, and uh, He speaks to me through passage of the Bible that I need to read, and exactly send me right person who can give me advice or give me encouragement. And important 
is more so it, that, that um, word wonderful meaning in Hebrew wonder or miracle. So um, he is not just a great listener or, or great friend, but a miracle worker and counselor. And this is what I found in my life. It's just a miracle that uh, he can do for me what no one else can do. And you've had some pretty big decisions to make in your own life. And so yes. whether it be moving to this country or whether it be where you're going to live once you get here and the job that you would have, etc. And yet throughout that process, you've always found God, Christ, mm -hmm. King as the one to give you the advice that you need. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it happened many times. <laughs> yeah. And even every 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 day things. Yeah. So That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And it's one of the things that we need to understand is that he is that wonderful counselor. And the struggle that we we frequently find ourselves having in our own life is that we want to listen to the word of God and to his instruction and to his voice when it agrees with what we have already determined to be right. Rather than asking God and his voice as a wonderful counselor who does have all the answers to give us what we need. And even that means sometimes to shape our mind and our heart so that we listen to what his desire is for our life. Rather than telling him what we want and asking if he concurs. And, and maybe you've struggled with that in your own life. Maybe not, but we find that. But he is that wonderful counselor. Another thing that we find, it says that he's wonderful, wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. Matthew 28, verse 18 says, Jesus has been given all power in heaven and earth. He's been given all power in heaven and earth. He is mighty God. Listen, this is no ordinary baby that was being born to us. It's no ordinary baby that was being born to us. He holds eternity in his hand. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And as incredible as it may seem, the baby was and is and will always be mighty God. Revelation speaks of that. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come forever. He is the Almighty. He is mighty God. And so, Sarah, I want to invite you to come and speak about how you've experienced this king as your mighty God. Um, I just, he's been my mighty God in so many ways, but I wanted to share about my story and my beginning, which is probably different from most of you, but similar to some. Um, I was born to a young teen mom who, um, along with her family, they decided that they weren't able to raise me or care for me in the way they wanted to, so they gave me up for adoption. And um, I was placed in a foster home. And what should have been a short stay there, and this was back when everything was closed adoption. So, um, but I ended up there for four months, which isn't that long. But um, I was recently having a conversation with our nine-year-old son. And we were talking about, he was asking questions about why grandma and papa couldn't have kids or my adoption story. And he said, so mom, were you an orphan? And it literally was the first time that I ever thought, oh my goodness, I, I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was an orphan mm -hmm. for those four months. Wow. And um, I just give God the glory and his might and power that I have lived a life of not feeling like an orphan. And I know I'm 
there are many that are. And um, so I just was so thankful and, and thought, wow, I was placed from that foster home into the, my family who has raised me um, to know him since the get-go. And, and I just think how mighty our God is that he plucked me from that situation, that home, that who knows where I would be, who knows, and into the life that I have now with him. And my dad always used to say when I was growing up, Sarah, you've been blessed. And I rolled my eyes, you know, you've been blessed. You've been adopted twice, once by us and once by God and to God's family. And, and Mm -hmm. I do truly feel that way. And, and, you know, of course, along my life, I've, I've strayed down different paths, um, had many moments of, um, doubt, you know, making bad decisions. And, and I just can only think that our God is so mighty that he plucked me. And sometimes it took a little tugging (laughs) to pluck me out of those situations and put me right back where I needed to be. And, and I'm just, um, thankful that his might has done that. Yeah. And oh, that's so cool, uh, to think about you, you have been adopted twice, right? And anybody who declares Jesus Christ has always been adopted as his child. And that's something that we get to celebrate. And you've experienced as mighty God. Um, And I hope that you hear that. I hope you learn from that. The strength of who he is and what he wants to do for you. Um, One, I'm glad you're not the only, uh, I don't have the only kids who roll their eyes when I say you're so blessed (laughs) to my kids. Um, But also, and if they do it tomorrow, if your kids roll their eyes when you tell them how blessed they are tomorrow morning kick them out of your house for at least 20 minutes in the snow, then they can come back in, they'll change perspective. But also, I recognize it's not just that, but we need to learn to live knowing he's mighty God. Not just when we feel weak, but living in that every moment of our life. and go, man, my God is so strong, so mighty. and It'll change our perspective. It changes how we view hard things, how we view difficult things. And I think that's something that you've learned, so thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, so good. So he's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God, but also he's everlasting father. As father, um, one of the things that we learn is he's the giver of life. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of what you have for yourself personally. And we need care. We need provision. And God as Father Christ, as everlasting Father, He provides that warmth and that love and that care that we need in life all rolled into one. It's a matter of whether or not we will receive it. Right, I remember um, my kid the other day was talking about how cold they were. It's just cold. I'm like, well, here, put my coat on. I'm like, no, I don't want to wear that. Well, then be cold. Right? They, they wouldn't put it on. And sometimes we have this difficulty in our own life, and we need God's warmth and love and protection. And he's going, well, here's a coat. And we go, I don't want it. And we don't want his guidance. We don't want his help. We just want to be able to complain. And yet here, Isaiah, 700 years before Christ is born as king, is letting us know that he's everlasting father. So, Lee, uh, come join me, friend. Um, How have you experienced the king as everlasting father? 
Well, for me, Everlasting Father is uh, very personal, and it means a lot to me. Um, I can't help but think of my earthly father I've been blessed with and how much he means to me. Um, but Everlasting Father is so much more. Most of my adult life, I've struggled with addiction um, and uh, depression, anxiety, and my Everlasting Father has been there funny you were talking about rolling your eyes your kids rolling your eyes and uh, I tell my kids a lot that I love them and they roll their eyes or yeah dad whatever um, but I'm so glad that my everlasting father mm. never tires of telling me that he loves me mm. and he's there for me. Mm. so how do you in those times of struggling with the depression or the anxiety or whatever it may be and he's just got we don't have time for all of it today. A fascinating story uh, of the journey. Each one of these guys, I just think about the journey that they've had in life. and They're so unique, and yet each one of them has discovered the same God. Each one of them could speak to each of these characteristics, to each of these attributes, as they've discovered who Christ is. But when you're struggling with that, how, what do you call out to God? What do you say to him so that you can experience him, experience him as Father? For me, a lot of times, it's actually just not saying anything and just bowing my heart before him and like last Sunday, bowing down and uh, just giving in to his will. And I've been blessed with friends and family, um, but also through his word and speaking to me. So good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. The, uh, so he's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting father. And of course, uh, he's Prince of Peace. Uh, we, we know, yeah, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. He wants to be able to give you rest. He's the Prince of Peace. He wants to provide you with that in your own life when you're weary and when you're tired. And so, uh, Trent, if you would come forward. And how have you in your own life, you're engaged now. Congre hey, yes. con con are you excited? Yeah. Say yes. Okay, good. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> if that would have been no, <laughs> oh, we'll move right along. Um, here you are as this young man, and if you've gotten to know this guy, he is a man of God. He, stri he serves faithfully, striving to represent, to reflect Jesus Christ in his life. Uh, but as a young man who is now engaged, looking at getting married, how have you experienced Christ as the Prince of Peace? Well, kind of looking at it, um, uh, peace comes from shalom, meaning completeness. And uh, I kind of looked at it at the, from the way of uh, back before I was saved, when I was 17, um, I found peace in being comfortable and doing things my own way. And uh, after I was saved, I realized that's not what peace is all about, and it's more about having that completeness in Christ and I find that through serving and having intentional relationships and being faithful and uh, through faithfulness um, most of you don't know or maybe you do but uh, I shovel snow during the winter and this is my second year doing it and uh, this year I was on the fence of doing it and I was about to tell my boss no I'm not going to do it this year I'm going to find a different job 
And right before I told him that, he came up to me and said, hey, man, you're the only one I got. I'm really counting on you this winter. And uh, I kind of was like, all right, well, I guess I'm kind of stuck in doing it this winter. <laughs> and, uh, you were a sucker in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, all right, well, yeah. Tucker Town, let's get going. And uh, so I've really been sticking to it and doing it for this guy and really showing my faith and I'm shoveling snow. So, yeah. 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 Um, my address is 732. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> really? <You> got, <laughs> I'm supposed to throw you under the bus, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's that prince of peace. Um, and sometimes, listen, the, the less we focus on us, the more peace we can have when we're focused on him. And the more we focus on us and our desires, the less peace we have in life. And so sometimes it's just a matter of where you place your value, yeah. where, you play, where you place importance. So thank you for sharing. Um, guys, thank all of you for sharing. Um, so thank you so much. Give them a hand if you would. It was... Um, It was 700 years before Christ. I'm, I'm still perplexed to the reason we keep looking other places for our king. I'm perplexed to that. I'm confused as to why we are so desperate to find a different king than the one who is perfect. Who is wonderful counsel, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. I'm confused as to why... We keep running after things that we know are temporary. I think that's, that's one of the things that hit me when it came to really surrendering fully to Jesus Christ. Is that if you, if you just practically speaking, if you look at all that we have access to, the word of God in Jesus Christ is the only thing that has stood the test of time. He has proven himself over and over and over again as the wonderful counselor, as the mighty God, as the everlasting father, as the prince of peace. And yet that doesn't seem to be enough for us. And so we want to go and run somewhere else and try to find our fulfillment. And then we get upset with God that we didn't find our fulfillment in something other than him. And he's going, duh, <laughs> really? I could have told, I've been saying this for thousands of years. I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the king. That's his baby that's being given to us. And here's what I love so much about God is that every single time that we need to have a wonderful counselor, when we need peace and we need to know his strength, when we need to recognize that he is the one that we can receive care and comfort from, he's going, I'm right here. That's what I want to do for you. And he does it over and over again. 700 years before Christ, Isaiah speaks to this remnant of Israel that's staying true, staying fast to who God is. And he says, yeah, but you know what? There's a king coming. 
Well, today we celebrate the fact that there's a king coming. And his name is Jesus Christ. And maybe you need to discover who he was as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just choose one. And this morning we're going to invite you to just simply ask God to reveal himself to you as that. Maybe it's everlasting. Maybe it's Prince of Peace. Why? Because there's a king coming. And we need to recognize that the king named Jesus Christ, he has a right to rule. For he's also the creator of the world. He has a right to rule. He came once and he offered his kingdom. And when Christ first came and offered his kingdom, men nailed him to the cross. But that king has not left us. And that king in in true form will return. And he has a right to rule. Will you let Christ rule your life? Sarah, there she is. You're right. You've been adopted by the king. You've been adopted by the king. Is that good news? It's just real hard to feel misery for yourself when you go, you know what? The God of the universe adopted me and he gave me his son, Jesus Christ, the one true king, as a wonderful counselor, as a mighty God, everlasting father, as the prince of peace. He's given me that as his gift. There is no greater gift. There is no greater gift. Will you receive him as your king? Who do you need him to be for you today? Will you receive him? The message is the same. Because the message is that great. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Is that the king that you know? I want to pray for you guys. And in honor of who, you know, there is a king born. There was a king born and uh, it was most likely in the kind of a cave of rock there, a hillside. That would be the nativity that we think of and here he is, he's being born, and it's cold. And by the way, that's why I, we turned the heat off today so you could experience that night. We want you to live in it. Be a part of it. Um, and so, here he is, his baby being born. And there are some wise men, we know they traveled almost a thousand miles, took them a couple of years, they found them later on, and they're coming, and You've got this amazing story that we keep telling over and over. And sometimes when we tell the same story over and over, it becomes a story rather than reality. It is reality. 
God put his son in human form into this world so that if you would step out of your own way and surrender to his authority, you would know life in a way that you've never known it before. That is our king. It should mess with you. Every time I look in the mirror, it messes with me. Because I see a sinner. I see someone who is broken and who is messed up. And then I go, wow, God allowed his son to endure all of this. So that I can know wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. That is our king. He's done the same for you. Embrace him. God, I come before you. And some of my friends here this morning, they need to know you. As a counselor, a wonderful, mighty, great, awesome counselor and God and king, one who is strong and powerful. They need to know you as a father coming and directing his children. They need to know you as the Prince of Peace. And so I pray that you would show your face to them. I pray that you would allow them to hear from you now as we sit in your presence. God, we give you thanks. In Christ's name.